number 458. My name is John Morgan, and Cold Coffee is with me in an ice cold <laughs> Las Vegas, bro. I mean, well, cold I thought you just coffee. meant in the house, too, because I could have turned oh. the heat up a little bit, too, when I thought wow. about it. I was like, I was like, even for me, I was like, it feels a little chilly in here. It's clear my man is saving on the heating bill this month. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> new year, new heating bill. Let's keep the cost down. Well, uh, I did notice that. Well, you know, NV Energy be uh, be screwing us out here. The gas has gotten more expensive, but NV Energy has gotten crazy. Dude, did you see that they're, they approved another rate hike? No. They, they approved just do another one effing year? rate hike, and it's so wow. shitty because and they want to – for the infrastructure, I'm like, bro, what did we, what did we just pay for? <laughs> it's so crazy because you use the same amount of gas now from like two years ago, and you're paying uh, twice as much. It's just That's absolutely crazy. ridiculous. So, yeah, no, I'm. It's not so that no, I didn't I try to. I wasn't going to crack on you for the thermostat. I know if I'm coming. I felt like it. So if I feel it, I, I was like, maybe it's a little cold in here. John's still wearing the sweatshirt still, that he came. Yeah, I, I have the, I have a sweatshirt. I have a hoodie on, and I've been here for a few minutes, and I have adjusted. <laughs> but when I first walked in, I was like, whoa, my man is hanging some meat in I, here, I, <laughs> practicing some butcher skills or something. He just bought a whole cow, and he needs to split it up, and so he's, he's got to ice down the whole. It's, 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 but no, dude, it got it got it got cold, man. Yeah, like, it, it it got cold. In fact, I saw as I was driving on the way over here that you uh, were retweeting some images from or Mount Charleston. From Mount Charleston, yeah. yeah. For people that don't know, um, obviously when you think of Las Vegas, you think of the desert, and of course it does get very hot during the summertime. There's no question about that. But there's an area just like, and we've talked about it before, but like 45 minutes from the Strip, um, maybe a little bit more if you hit some traffic, but 45 minutes, Mount Charleston. Uh, man, there's a ski resort up there. Again, it's not Rocky Mountain-esque ski resort, but yeah. you can ski a little bit. Yep. But it's always a little bit – it's 30 degrees on average cooler up there, just an hour from the Strip. So it's a great kind of locals getaway during the summertime to get away from the 110s. Yep. But uh, we do get some snow here on the on the, the, the desert floor here, the, the valley floor, but not often. But it's coming down up there like to the point yeah. where like you got to have chains on your tires. Yeah. There's and a stuff point like in the year, that. yeah, where they tell you like don't go up there because you know you got like the city folk and the Vegas people. They're like, oh, I want to go up to the top of Mount Charleston. And they get to a point where their car gets so, screwed, yeah. and then they're just like, uh, so Mount Charleston a lot of times is like, stop coming don't up, come here. up here if you don't have chains it's like on a your tires. Road. If you don't have whatever, they're like, just turn around or we're gonna stop you. Yeah. You know, and it's just for their own good because they're gonna be spending a lot of time pulling you out of the snow or yep. whatever. But yeah, it's legit going up there. And uh, it's funny because I saw first thing when I woke up this morning, maybe it was yesterday, uh, it was really, really gray. And you could tell that I had heard that there was like a storm front coming through or whatever that you're going to get stuff. And that's always kind of neat, you know, because I enjoy being able to look off in the distance and see the snow on the mountains. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of the most unique, cool views because you got the whole backdrop of Vegas and all the lights, and you can see all that other kind of crap, and you can see all the city, and it's so huge. But then you look off to the side, and you kind of forget that we're surrounded by all these mountains. And then when you see the snow on the top, cap. it's just beautiful. It is pretty. You know, it's really, really beautiful. And for me and you, like, you grew up in Ohio. You grew up in the flat plains. Very, I grew up flat. in Texas, yeah. flat plains, whatever. So it is kind of cool to just look up. Like you yeah. said, one day you look up, and it's just a bunch of clouds, and the clouds kind of eventually roll off yeah. and burn over, and there's boom, snow I mean, we everywhere. had some hills that you could drive around, and like, but hills is different than, the, than legit <laughs> mountains this. and stuff. You know, like it was, it's, it's, uh, it's beautiful here. It, but yeah, this is a really, really cool time. And it's kind of crazy because, like, I was just thinking about it last week. I felt like we're, we're in January. Like, yeah. where's winter been? Like, it's been, we had like 60 degrees. It showed just up like this a few week. days ago. It showed up know? like today, like this morning. <laughs> My kid was going back to school today. And, uh, one of his gifts I got him was a little, uh, 
a motorized bike or whatever, oh, nice. like you know, so to to help pedal or whatever, and make it give you a little, you can go faster and stuff, you know. And uh, he wanted to ride his new bike, and uh, we were all ready to go, but man, it started like drizzling rain, and the yeah. wind was blowing, yeah. and it got nasty, so. We had to put the uh, put the kibosh on that. Well, you know, it was a good idea. We, we tried, we tried. He's still sick, by the way. Man, I'm I'm basically I'm almost back better, to 100. I'm better. Yeah, I'm almost back to 100. percent But I'm, I can still hear it a little bit in myself, and and sometimes I'll cough a little bit. Yeah. Um, but he's bad, man. In fact, actually, I'm, I'm I'm sure it's nothing. But my wife is actually with him at the doctor right now, just to make just to make sure. Yeah. It's probably nothing. You know what I mean? But it, he it's been lingering for him for a couple weeks, and he's actually like two weeks in and the cough is worse than it's been the whole time so just to be safe go get him checked out and, and yeah. make sure there's nothing we can do but dude this illness is just like getting everybody man yeah it's been going around so you haven't gotten it wood. yet no. oh man no I, th- I feel like i got um uh, felt a little something maybe like one of the last fight weeks or something felt like i had like a bit of a headache or felt something but no knock on wood i've been pretty good you know when you live as clean as i do oh, it's, I mean, you know clean living i'm in the gym I all mean, the time you athlete know? like yourself in there that's why i'm putting <laughs> in the work you know you probably build up a little more natural immune system you know i could give you my supplement regime but i gotta check it out with the ufc's new uh you know anti-doping site for it all uh, yeah the new, i don't, don't want to give out some info you know what's going on so too funny too funny well it is a new year as you said i guess lots going on uh i've, I've stayed busy uh I don't know if you got to check out Fury Professional Grappling 8 the other day. If you didn't check it out, the uh, replay is on USC Fight Pass. It was fun. Uh, Had a a good time working that. Uh, Erin Blanchfield actually worked alongside of me. It was the first time I had a chance to work with her. She was fantastic. Uh, Incredibly knowledgeable, incredibly comfortable. She is just – cold-blooded is the right word. Like, she's never done it before. Did Did she have any nerves, any fear, any concern? Not a damn one, dude. She's just like – brimming with so like hey, yeah what do you need me to do yeah, let's do it oh we're gonna do a stand up over here yeah we'll do that well, that's we'll awesome she was she was awesome she was that's really very good, cool so. well and especially too like she knows that sport you know yeah. like the back of her hand so I mean that's awesome and I think too you know like I think a fighter especially in her case uh, or any fighter you get an opportunity you step up you yeah. know and I think any fighter that can get into a cage and step up to the moment what is this? Like, oh, so you true. want to just you just want me to stand in front of a camera? <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah but yeah, then yeah. you think about you got people like Jonathan Williams, right? Who will will not, yeah. you know, will, won't won't stand in front of any or Jonathan Martinez, sorry, yeah, Jonathan yeah. Williams, Jonathan Martinez, they like get scared of cameras, you know? What yeah. I mean? And there are people that are that are nervous, right? But yeah. I, she's one of the first I've ever worked with that wasn't even like, hey man, you got any tips or hey, yeah. what do you think? It was she was just like, hey, okay, let's yeah, yeah. let's go. So is Hannah Cipher gonna do the next one? <laughs> I don't think she'll be – there's another one that is not afraid to get in there and throw down, but will probably not be getting any broadcasts anytime soon. But, no, she did a great job. and uh, That's cool. It was ended up yeah, so, I, only, I only went back and watched the Aljo fight, or so the Aljo one. It was good. We had, we had more We had more submissions on our prelims. We saw some really good matches, but yeah, we had yeah. more, like, finishes on the prelims. But then we had the main – the main card was fun, very entertaining. Uh, main event was good. Uh, main event was what we thought it was going to be. You know what yeah. I mean? It was – it was Aljamain Sterling, the you know grappler, but mixed martial artist who yeah. looks at this as more of a fight versus Kevin Dantzler, who's the sport jujitsu guy, who had made it clear, like, dude, I'm gonna sit down and pull guard. It's what yeah. I do. And you know, we talked about it going in. He says, stand like, up. They stand him up, and then he sits right he, back he down. He just I was sat like, right back oh, down. He's like, no, nope, oh. I'm not going. I was like, to. he don't care. You Does know? not care. But I loved it. I loved it. I mean, he stuck. To, he stuck to his guns. I mean, stuck to his guns because they got stood up at least what I kind of at least three times. Probably at least three times. Two or three times. Yeah, and, and every time he's just like, okay. You may stand up, cool. 
sitting yeah. right back down. And well, and it's funny because I, I thought I saw him. Was, was it Mergnati that did, did that Mergnati, one? Because yeah. it almost f- felt like I saw him complain at one point, like, bro, I'm just going to get back down. Like, he yeah. looked at him like, why, why are you me Why up? even bother? And then they start walking, and, and then he sat down. I was like, that was it's, awesome. It's so funny because, you know, I talked to him beforehand, and he said, he's like, look, I, the only reason you want me to stand is so that you can engage me on the feet, so yep. you can take me down. He's like, down. "I'm giving you the takedown," like, yeah. but that's not really true because no. you're, I'm not giving you the takedown where you're controlling yeah. the positioning of my legs. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But it is funny to say that. But yeah, dude, stuck to his gun. And you know what? Shout out to Aljamain who said, "I'm gonna grab, I'm gonna grab him by his ankles and I'm gonna pull him around the mat." And what yeah. did he do? Grabbed him by his ankles and pulled yeah. him around the mat. And Kevin Nelson just said, "No, I'm, I'm not. That I'm move, not changing." Uh, I'm not sure how he got onto his back or whatever when he like spun him around and he spun him off. I thought that was pretty yeah. that was a pretty unique way to get rid of him. Um to get was he going for an arm bar? He was bar? going for an arm bar, yeah. yeah, yeah and he yeah. just got up and like just like Charles him. Bennett years ago, just swinging him around. It was and, awesome. I was like, okay, that's one way I didn't think about trying to get out of an arm bar if you're strong enough to to do it. I was I was nervous as he was doing it because I thought, oh I, like it's well, good because he's trying got, to put on a show. But yeah. if you go back and watch it, like it's hard you know, and you can see it in the minute, but obviously as you watch the replay you can see better. Like his arm's not very extended at all. He's got yeah, it pulled. Yeah. He's got the elbow pulled in pretty tight. But you're still like, bro. But you're swinging it. And yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like you could be helping your arm extend. Yeah. I wonder if he would if he would stop if that came. I was more worried that he was getting so like um, riled up and he was kind of getting just real like chippy about it. I thought if there was a moment that he could actually toss his guy off of the mat, that yeah. would have been the t- that would have oh. been the moment, you know. Like there so, was one time where he dragged him close to the edge, yeah. and I thought he was trying to slide him right off yeah. the edge. So when he, when I saw him spinning, I was like, oh please, please don't let this go where I think it's going, you yep. know, because he easily could have just been like, uh. but you're right. I mean, like he knew what it was, he knew what the rule set was. Um, if he wanted to actually have hits, if he wanted to do other stuff, you know, there's a different avenue for that one, you know. Um, I can sense his frustration, you know, and he was trying to appeal to the crowd, you know. And there's one thing, I mean, he, there was a lot of points where you almost can't count the time where it seemed like he was in the top position because his competitor was asking him into that position every right. time. And and he never got a chance to really grab any sort of hold. And when he would try to go, uh, make a move for, say, like a, a headlock or some sort of submission position, his he got out of it, like, right away, you know. So um, – it was interesting. I, I felt bad for him because I, I, you could see how bad he wanted to perform, but he, how he wanted to show up. And, and I he, thought he did good. I thought he put on a show. You know, he, made he, he made it entertaining. He made Aljamain made it entertaining. His his post fight speech went kind of viral, which was kind of cool since Punk wasn't there that night. I I, I was doing the interviews since we this is Aaron's first yeah. time. We're not going to have her go do the interviews too. Yeah. Like she did a great job. So I did the interviews. Uh, it went pretty viral. You know, several million views or whatever. And and because it's Aljamain, I think anything he says like it's going to be a little bit polarizing. Yeah. And some people I think were right on him where he's like, dude, if you know if you were in the street, you wouldn't sit down. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's in a fight, you're not going to sit down. And then he threw in the end. He's like, don't let another man drag you around by the ankles in front of your loved ones or whatever. Which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. They cut it was it was the USC Fight Pass Twitter account to put out. They cut me out because when I got the mic back, I was like, solid life advice. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it is it's fair. Um, but. Again, it's like 50-50. And, it, we, you know, we talked about a little bit going it's still in. Sour, it's still it's, a bit sour grapes. It is sour grapes, you know, right? It, it's right. He's 100% right. Like, you would never do that in a street fight. But it's not a street it's fight. It's not a street I fight. Actually, I actually had somebody. It's, a, it's about had, you agreed to the rules, too. <laughs> I actually had somebody uh, text me, and I'll, I'll, I'll leave who it was uh, unnamed. But it was pretty funny because I thought it was hilarious. It was like, if it was a street fight, it hit you in the back of the head with a bottle. So don't say <laughs> that. And I was like, what? That's a good point too. That's, That's a, good, a point. good point. I mean, it's uh, 
I it's it's interesting because you know I like we said we talk we love seeing these fighters get these opportunities to to compete in other avenues get money you know stay active all this other kind of stuff but you know you can't hold it to the same you know uh, degree of what you're expecting in your right. normal fights because that's not your normal fight you know it just kind of I appreciated his performance I thought he did a great job it just it, not that it took away from me but I just felt at the end I was like come on Aljo like you know. Can you really be that upset? You knew what you were getting into, and I kind of felt like he was a bit of a sore sport there at the end, you know, after it was done to sort of just do it. But I get it, you know. But um, if you're not happy with the rule set, don't agree to the rule set. Don't do it, yep. you know. But I, I just felt bad because – I see uh, both sides of it. I'm yeah. You know what I mean? I'm torn on both sides. Because I love Aljo, and I yep. love I love when he gets in there and does what he's thinking. I thought he did a great performance. But at the end of the night, I was like, bro, you can't bitch about – what you knew you're getting you knew yourself. exactly you knew what, what you're, you're doing that's even when I, when I went to him with the interview i was like well you knew what you were getting into yeah. you know what i mean because he, he did that's like uh what's the what's his uh ryan uh, is it ryan who do you guy that always just sits down and tries to do like the mnra roles right from the oh, like ryan hall yeah ryan yeah. hall it's like people know what you're getting into you yeah. know and like but in his situation it is an mma fight you can do whatever that you right. want to but it's but like he's still doing that but he's still gonna do it you know so like if you know you're going into a guy that's gonna do what he does you know like and then you get mad because he does what you knew he was going to do in the first place it's like bro you're just you're just sad you're yeah. just mad it was, you know I, it was it was for, I, I would, like credit to Aljamain for putting on a show credit for Kevin Dancer to not breaking like his form he's like this is what I do so yeah because Aljo's not the guy you want to slip up and, and mess nope. up because Aljo was right there right there <laughs> it was funny because uh he was he had enough energy and he had enough control from when he was in the top position to kind of look up yep and like talk to the crowd oh, and yeah. like talk to the stuff I'm like bro yep. you got like a massive Dangerous guy in front of I you. The that's thing. right there that can lock you up, and you're you're taking your 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 attention away. I thought the same thing. He you was like, a couple times he's looking at the crowd. He's like, "Is this fun? Is this, is this fun? Just <laughs> is, is this fun?" I laughed my <laughs> ass off when he did that, though. I was like, but, "I was like, this is funny." Uh, it's funny, but I was like, "Man, if he inverts on you like right now while yeah. you're saying that, like it would be bad." So it was it was interesting. It, it was fun. I, they they put on a show and it was fun. Uh, Alexander Romanov got a, a big decision. That one scared me a little bit. There was I know you said you only watched the main event. Yeah, I didn't see this one. Alexander. Romanoff, um, at one point, you know, heavyweights, he was going with Chris Dawkins, and that's, that's an open mat on a platform. There was one point where they got to the edge, and Romanoff, his, his, uh, he had to step down off the side because he was close, and when he did, like, it was like something in his hip popped because oh, like, all of a sudden he was like, ooh, and he was real slow to move and, like, real slow. To, and I'm like, oh, dude, don't tell me we got somebody hurt. You know what I mean? Like, any time we get these UFC contenders. Did they pause to reset them? And Not really. He got. He was a little slow. They, they did bring him back up because yeah. obviously he slipped off the side. He was a little slow to get back, and he's kind of hobbling a little bit, but he seemed to be okay by the end of it. So, But it was yeah. just nerve right? Because any time, like I said, we get to use the UFC contenders, always worried, man. That I mean, not that we haven't yeah. seen it happen like with – uh, Cub Swanson, Cub Swanson when he got his knee destroyed, especially the big boys, man. Like yeah. moving that much weight, man. The sl- uh, just a slight little move can really mess something up. It really can. Pat Sabatini got the silhouette stretch. It was cool to see that one on uh, on Nico Price, which I have to I go love. back and watch. I heard about that. Really good submission. Yeah. And uh, oh no, I did see that. That was dope. Oh, bro. It was almost like Nico was like, "What the f is this, yeah. dude? Like, what are we doing?" It was so effortless how he pulled that. So like, fast. I mean, like his setup for it. I was like, "Oh my." God, why Gorgeous. do not why do not more people do that? I mean, just it was just really really interesting because it looked like he was just going for like to take the back, but yep. it was the way he the way he hooked the leg and stuff. It was just it was gnarly, dude. Beautiful, beautiful. That was amazing. Pat Sabatini. That was amazing. Obviously, Nico, man, Nico's the greatest dude. He was just all energy like the whole week, and, yeah. and he was respectful and, and just a great dude. You got to so. tap on that move, man. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you literally could fuck your fuck your knee up and everything on that. What's that called? A Sulu 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 Stretch. Yeah, that yeah. was that was gnarly. Stretch. It was good. Uh, 
Fatima Klein, by the way, got a decision win. She's uh, our women's flyweight champ. Keep an eye. If you haven't seen Fatima Klein fight yet, she's a great grappler as well. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, young, Ooh. undefeated. She's Ooh. our she's our she's our Saying flyweight. All the right champ. things already. And she, Brazilian. She's our flyweight champ, and she's uh, probably going to be. She wants to fight for the straw. She was supposed to fight for the strawweight belt. She had a late replacement, so we had to move it up a division. So it was the only reason she fought at flyweight. Um, but she's good, so keep an eye on her. Uh, so anyway, very fresh grappling. It's fun. Strawweight can fight. fight I know. That she can fight too. Like she can grapple. She can fight. It was it was super cool. So that was a fun event. So if you didn't check it out, check out the replay of that. We also got to do. Uh, we, we got to be a part of Paul Felder's CFFC Hall of Fame induction. So uh, he became our second member uh, of the CFFC Hall of Fame. Aljamain Sterling, of course. Um, was the first one, and, and uh, so j- just like the last one, we had a nice big dinner and a big uh, gathering of everybody to, to kind of honor him, and then he got like this cool championship belt that's special commemorative and this commemorative medallion as well that, um, you know, one of our, our sponsors in the jewelry store makes them for us, man, Spivac Jewelers, it's super, super cool. Um, they put a lot of care into it, man. So the whole thing was cool. But um, so anyway, because I was there, uh, I had a little bit of the of the audio from it, and so I want to take you guys behind the scenes of Paul Felder's um, induction speech. It, it, you know, we'll, we'll have some highlights out and stuff, but I, I figured, you know what, my, you know, might as well get a chance to listen to it all. Um, it starts out. We it, it was kind of this back and forth. It was pretty cool. Rob Haydack. Uh, our CEO had a couple stories along the way, and he brought up some people. Um, so you'll, you'll hear, and this is the last story that he had. It, it talks about uh, him recalling how Paul Felder's announcing career started, which, to be honest, I didn't even know that this was how it started because he, he actually not only fought for CFFC, but he did some commentating for CFFC as well. So everything that he's doing in the UFC now it started out in the CFFC as well. So you'll hear Rob started out. And then you'll also uh, hear Paul mention uh, Sal, which just was cool because this is who I ended up sitting next to. Um, it was his coach from when he was just 12 years old, man. His oh, coach wow. from when he was 12 till he's 24. And he was just like, you know, Paul was able to invite any guest he wanted, you know. And, um, and oh, this, that's dope. This was the guy who wanted his childhood coach that, like, that's started great. him out in martial arts, um, which was cool as well. So when you hear the name Sal, that's who it is. But uh, anyway, this is uh, the audio from Paul Felder's CFFC Hall of Fame induction. All right, so one last quick story, because I deserve credit for this guy's commentary career. Um, Long story short, we're at 2300 Arena. I don't know, it was 2015, 2016. At the time, we were on CBS Sports. And I forget who it was, Brian Palico or somebody, was running late, couldn't make the show, last minute pulled out. Paul, Paul being Paul, had a couple beers in him, was at the bar. I said, Paul, I need a favor, man. He's like, what's up? I said, can you commentate tonight? He's like, bro, I've had a couple beers. I go, doesn't matter. I'm like, I need you. He's like, I don't know, man. I said, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks. He's like, all right, I'll do it. <laughs> so he walks up. He does the show. You know, I, at that time, we didn't have production like we have today. So I couldn't listen in. I had no clue what he was saying. So Monday morning, I always have my huddle up with CBS Sports. They call and they go, here's what we like. Here's what we don't like. First, question, first thing out of their mouth was, who was the new guy? I was like, oh, shit. Like, here we go. And I'm like, uh, it's Paul Felder, but let me explain something. Like, the other guy, they're like, no, 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 no. He was fantastic. And I was like, really? They're like, he was awesome. So I said, okay. So we finished our call. I called Paul after. I go, hey, man, I had a call with CBS. He goes, yeah, and? I was like, they thought you were great. He's like, and? I was like, you want to do the next show? He's like, how much are you paying me? <laughs> so I was like, we negotiated, and he got what he wanted. 
he got what he wanted. So at this time, I'd like to induct Paul Felder into the Cage Fury Fighting Championships Hall of Fame with an incredible piece created by our friends Josh, Gary, and the entire family. So, Paul, I'm going to open it up and show it to you. We also have a commemorative CFFC Championship belt. CFFC Championship belt with the side plates. Hall of Fame 2023, Paul Felder. No way. Wow, dude. That's so cool. Wow. Paul Felder. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Uh, I've been telling Christine all week, you know, uh, for somebody that, like Rob said, makes their living basically now talking on TV, talking about the best athletes in the world, I think. Um, having been one myself, this, this is still harder to do these types of things. But uh, to see all you guys come out and uh, to be able to do this for CFFC, the company that basically launched my career in fighting, in friendships, in the ability to be able to call fights. Um, Rob had no idea I'd be able to do that. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, all right, well, I feel like he's got the energy and the personality to do this. Didn't really even know anything about my acting background, which would make complete sense if you'd known that. Like, it would actually be up my alley to be able to do that. But not even knowing that gave me the opportunity. And uh, they didn't give me those easy fights. And that's why I remember... To this day, I wanted to fight for that company that had the white gloves. And I remember thinking, like, if I can do that, that's legit. Those guys seem legit. I see, I've seen their fights. I see these guys. On the regional scene, you start to know who's, who's good, who, who, who do you look out for. And I remember I fought for New Breed Fighting way back. But it was the guys that went on to CFFC. I was like, oh, that's when you become legit. And I remember I wanted the white gloves. My, my debut, they're out of... <laughs> their CFFC white gloves when I fought Imtumi Goodrum, who wasn't an easy fight to give me off the bat. I had the name of the company on there, whatever the brand of the shitty gloves that we used back then. Now, yeah, KO on the thing. But I was like, but they're white? And they're like, or you can have the black gloves that say CFFC. I was like, I want the white gloves. And I got the white gloves, and I knocked him out with that flying knee. And I still remember sitting in that octagon when they took that awesome man, M2 out, he was a, a warrior, and he went out, and I remember sitting, Cesar, on my knees, because that was the respectful thing to do for somebody when they got knocked out in the tournament. And uh, flying in, and bang, and then a couple unnecessary shots on the way out. But um, you guys really help everything that I am today, whether it be broadcaster, whether it be, you know, I got to watch you be a dad, I got to watch Sal be a dad, um, so thank you so much for everything, man. Uh, sometimes I feel like I don't give the credit to the people that deserve it most. Um, you're one of them. Uh, a lot of people in this room for everything they've done for me are those people. Um, Sal, thanks for coming out, uh, and being a part of this because, you know, it's been a lifetime of martial arts that I got to meet Rob and all these people in this room is because of martial arts. And you're definitely full circle on that whole thing. Don't so, cry, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm going to cry. But yeah, thank you. And I, I, and just last thing, like Rob came to my debut when he did manage me early on, it was never about money. It was always about pushing me forward. And I've always respected that about this company and the people that work for it is that it truly is about 
putting out a product that is legit and worth it without compromising being a human being along the way. And uh, that shines through in Rob and everything he does because it's, it's not about always business. It's about the passion and the love for this sport. He was a wrestler himself. He knows the competition. Al Jermaine, he, he recognizes what me and somebody like this fucking champion over here go through. Um, let's give it up one more time for everything Al Jermaine's done too. Great. You know, I want to say that I'm glad that I get this honor, but I'm glad that he got to do it before me because the man was a dominant champion in CFFC, a dominant champion in the, the UFC, and he's going to be a champion in the future again. He's an unbelievable athlete. So to do this after him, Aljo, I respect everything you do, man. So to do it right after you, buddy, you know, I, I feel honored to be in, in, in that category, buddy. So to CFFC and everybody came out, I love you guys. Christine, I love you, and, uh, you know, Thank you, guys. Now let's fucking have fun. Thank you. No, thanks, buddy. All right, so there you go. The Irish Dragon, Paul Felder in the CFFC Hall of Fame. Uh, so many, so many cool things from that. But I, I, I just liked hearing from Paul, man, and and uh, it, the bond between him and Rob Haydack is pretty cool to see. But uh, you know, hearing how he's so excited to be fighting in the white gloves of the CFSC, you know what I mean? Like that's such a big deal when you think about. And it's why I love doing this is the journey, man. We see these guys at the highest level, but you forget all those little stops along the way. Yeah. They're like, you know, if I ever turn pro. I'll know I made it. You know, if I ever yeah. fight in that organization with the white gloves, I'll know I made it. If I, You know, and the next thing you know, you just keep making it and moving forward and making it move forward and making it move forward. Next thing you know, you've had the career that Paul Felder has and now the broadcasting career that he has. And uh, I don't know, it's super cool to see. And, and uh, That's awesome. I also thought it was really cool to hear him say how uh, how he thought it was cool that Aljamain got to go in first. Because there was a little discussion over, like, who should go in first? And, you know, do you disrespect anybody by putting one in before the other? I mean, they were kind of the first two off the top that we knew. Like, those two guys are going to the CFFC Hall of Fame. But you want to respectfully make sure it gets the right done. But for even Paul to say, look, man, I did a great job. But he went one step further than me because he became UFC champion as well. So he deserves this honor even more. Um, I don't know. I thought that was a, I thought that was cool. Just classy from Paul. Yeah, that's very cool. Man, uh, it's always great to see you, these guys when they kind of give almost like their origin story. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's it's so neat, and I think we forget that a lot of times, especially the guy like Paul Felder that has came so far in the UFC and then where his career's at now. You know, like we're kind of seeing him almost move into this whole other career. You know, we've seen his crazy journey in the UFC and then where he is now and then to hear kind of the origin story. That's, it's, it's awesome. It was, I mean, it's, it's so cool. It was so cool because there was one part of audio that I, I considered sharing, but I didn't. But this is great. So, uh -oh. so Paul Felder made his professional debut in CFFC. Um, he made his commentating debut in CFFC. He also met his wife through CFFC because she was a ring girl at one of the events. And the, hey. and the story was told about how he asked about her. And as you can imagine, you know, Paul Felder or – most any professional fighter, a couple of frosty beverages deep, asking about uh, a young lady that happened to be a ring car girl that night. It, it might not be the uh, <laughs> the dream scenario of uh, my dear fair lady. Uh, you know, <laughs> it was it was funny to hear the way he asked about her originally, but uh, you know they met and, and and now they're married and have kids together and stuff, and it was just kind of cool to to hear the whole story. So uh, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, listen, I. I 
I, I think, I, you know, I like being able to share moments like that. So I've always debated sometimes about is this an interview show or is this a experience show, or whatever. But I, if I can share stuff like that, I, I want to be able to do it. So hopefully you guys are, are cool with that and, and moving in that direction. But um, if you like what you listen to, I will say take a moment to make sure that you're subscribed to us, that you uh, rate and review us if you can. We certainly would appreciate that. Um, and then if you want to take your game up to the next level, patreon.com slash the MMA Roadshow is the place to do that where you can support the show for as little as $3 a month. You get, of course, exclusive access to the and a half episodes that will be returning next week with the return of the UFC schedule. Uh, and you can be like wonderful people. <laughs> Like Josh Hernandez. He stepped it up even more so. Stepped it up even more so. And uh, I do want to say that while we are enjoying a frosty beverage on this lovely afternoon, it's a, it's a, it's a cold Wednesday afternoon here in Las Vegas. It, it, it required uh, some cold, frosty beverages as well. But, Josh, I'm going to let you know I apologize. We were not able to get the bush light just yet. My man's a bush light fan. <laughs> And so, to one, of, honor, one of the few left. To one honor him, left. him to, and his wife are big. To honor light. him and his wife, we will be in a future episode uh, getting some bush light. But I will say, uh, I stopped by the uh, I stopped by the store today on the way to your house, and there was no bush light there. So it was a little. I'm gonna have to, gonna have to talk with him. I don't know about how the bush light distribution is around here. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I don't. I, I'm, I'm gonna check another place closer to my house. Then maybe we gotta go to like a special liquor, go to store liquor world down or, the street. Maybe we gotta cross the tracks <laughs> and go somewhere a little. Might you have know. to go back to the Midwest. You never know. Uh, so we're not having bush light today, but Mr. and Mrs. Hernandez, just you know that in honor of you supporting us, we will be doing that very very. Yeah, Josh was awesome. Josh renewed for the yearly, so he got that little bit of a discount. And uh want to appreciate, uh, thank him very much for doing that. And, uh, yeah, man, uh, kudos. And it's funny, when Morgan asked me, and I was like, hey, by the way, and I told him the story of Josh hitting us up about some Bush Light, and he was like, Bush Light? I was like, hey, if the man asks us to drink hey, Bush Light. If he got- says this is beer, I'm sure there's a lot of people that look at us and be like, PBR? the hell That's are you true. talking about? PBR. I'm like, yeah. So, That's true. So you remember, boy, I don't. I know you. Uh, I, I don't put out many tweets, but uh, Troxel. Uh, yeah, yeah. He put so he put out. Uh, Troxel put out his thing talking about PBRs, and I, I was like, bro, respect, I, sir, I, I, respect. I, I, at least two of the likes came from me and you then, because I liked it as yeah. well. I saw it too. He's talking about normally I would pound down a couple of these on New Co- Year's. And they were Eve. like the sixteen ounce pounders. I was like, my dude. Did you do anything on, on New Year's? By the way, I, I no, I just kicked it easy. Yeah. I, uh, goes hit me up for some stuff, but you know, honestly, I was just like, man, uh, I just was happy to just sit on the couch. So yeah. I watched Netflix. I caught up on like a show that I've been looking at. Like my neighbors, it's so funny. My neighborhood, it's funny. They always let fireworks out for all the big holidays. These mother effers were out there like four or five hours early starting the fireworks. And I was like trying to let the dog out. And he doesn't want to go out because of the fireworks are going off. And I was like, oh, come on. But to their credit, I think they did so much day drinking that actually by, <laughs> by 1230, <laughs> it was done. 1230, they were done. I was like, this is awesome. Because like on 4th of July, it's going on. It's all yeah, that yeah. long. I mean, it could be 3 o'clock in the morning. And there's still some guys not far off. Letting it go. And kudos to, like, the Vegas scene. I don't know where you guys are all at, but, like, people here in Vegas, I don't know if they come from Cali, they're coming from Arizona, they come from wherever. They like their fireworks. So they they buy, like, the good shit, the good loud stuff. So, Mm -hmm. unfortunately for your animals, it kind of sucks. But if you like to watch free fireworks, it's all over the place. But, yeah, so I was grateful that this New Year's Eve, uh, it wasn't too bad. But, honestly, yeah, I, I kicked it. I took it easy. 
watched. I caught up with this. Uh, there's a show on Netflix I've been wa- trying to watch forever called uh, Who is Aaron Carter? It's like an action it- sort of uh, flick. Oh, okay. I, is, wasn't Aaron Carter like a Backstreet Boy? That's A-A-R-O-N. This is E-R-I-N. Okay, I this was like, chick. Yeah. you've been waiting to watch I've this reality to, show on the Backstreet Boys? You know, I finally decided 2024 <laughs> is going to be my year to catch up on all the Backstreet Noise. Uh <laughs> No, but it's actually it's, a, it's an action. Like it. <laughs> it's an action uh, 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 series. It's like one of those. It's weird because they called it like or? a limited series. No, oddly <laughs> enough, they spoke English. I didn't have any subtitles at all. But it actually, it's dope, it's dude. It was yeah, it was really really good. Um, but you know, this is so funny. So I stayed up to about two two thirty in the morning watching that, and I was like, okay, okay, and then go to bed, go to bed. And I ended up, like, sleeping to like, 8.30 in the morning. But since I slept a little later than normal and I stayed up, I woke up, like, with a headache. I felt like I went out the oh, night wow. before. I was like, this is stupid. And you weren't I even drinking like, anything? I wasn't even drinking. I wow. was like, why do I feel like I drank just from staying up late and then waking up? I, it was just – so oh. I guess it would be the five hours of sleep Kindle's or whatever. It's great, huh? great. I was like, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> I'm hungover from staying yeah, up from too From staying late. up too late. I have a headache. Like, this is ridiculous. But, no, I – I took it easy, and uh, yeah, so no, I was glad. I was glad to kind of take it easy. I, was, I mean, and plus in Vegas, man, like I, that's the one that I really, you know, that's one of the the nights I feel like don't be don't be on the road, especially if you're gonna yeah, go have a couple drinks or whatever. Like, you know, take take an Uber or whatever, and um, so I just decided to skip it. I let I let the youngsters have that night. <laughs> I, I did the same. I flew home from Philadelphia, and I was I was I was I got upgraded on the way home, so. I may have well, I nice. may have started the day a little early with a, with a couple of wines. You were like the fireworks. The world, yeah. <laughs> I can relate to those people that started a little too early. I was like, well, I'm already here. I got upgraded. It's a five hour flight. I'll take a little red wine. Let's that's go. a solid that's a solid that's a solid flight distance. Yeah. yeah. By the time I got home, I was like, Yeah, let's just I crashed out early. So Yeah. My wife and kid got to enjoy that. All right, listen, the uh <laughs> the uh the drought with USC events is almost over, but of course there are some stories out there. Let me ask you, which one of these headlines has grabbed you the most? Is it Conor McGregor and his message about coming back at middleweight and the giggle that he offered as he delivered it? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. You know He's so mean? ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It was hilarious. It made me laugh, though. Like yeah. I, I like that ridiculous Conor. You know what I mean? I said the exact I, same thing. I love thing. that Conor. I it said cracked the exact me up. Same like, thing. So over-the-top goofy. Wine, like, that's funny. Like the early on in the wine night Connor, yeah. like where he's got like the happy wine buzz. I love that Connor. Like that's before he calls up his friend. You know, like things, a couple more things. drinks and he's like, yo. Yeah. And they're like, oh. Who's hitting the slopes tonight? Who's hitting the slopes tonight? <laughs> yeah, I like, agree. I thought it was, I, I chuckled watching it. I, I was like, dude, this is the Connor we like. I love that guy. This is the Connor we like. That's you know? the one I see. All right, so is it that one? Is it the backlash and the breakdown of Sean Strickland and everything that's around him, which I'm kind of a, well, I don't, I, I, I feel bad for Sean Strickland, man. I, I feel like we saw a little bit of honesty from him. Now I feel like people are piling on him, though I get people are calling him out from his hypocrisy. But I would say that anybody that listens to this show, I think we – I mean, not, not that it should be that hard it's to to yep. disseminate what's going on with Sean Strickland, but I think yep. we've said this for a while. Like, there's some obvious pain behind all this stuff that he oh, comes yeah. in. and I don't know. So we got to see it. We got to see that emotion and – um, I don't know, man. I feel like a lot of people are, like piling on him, kind of. I, I feel like kind of unfairly, but I guess it's because it's kind of hypocritical. Like I understand why Ian Gary would be frustrated and all that, but yeah. So anyway, there's that. Or uh, is Hamza Shemaev ever going to be healthy again? Like, what are those pictures? Oh. 
and then he he removed it, and then he put some other stuff after that. Uh, yeah, I don't uh, know what's going on with that. So, out of those the stories, did any of those grab you, compel you the most? I would say it has to be the 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 Connor news because one, yeah. I don't, I'm not too versed on what's going on with the Hamzat. I just actually saw that this morning, so I didn't really. You're, see. In fact, and you're right. In fact, to be fair, none of us really know all what's going on yeah. yet. I just know that he posted more pictures of him being ill and being sick, and maybe yeah. he's fine now, but. Man, but I, are I, they still there? Because I mean, I thought no, he deleted them. He I was going to say because by the time I went to his timeline, it was all gone, and there was like some other stuff. I mean, I hate. I, I just wonder if he's ever going to be a hundred percent again, man. And, yeah. and again, he may be. Maybe this was him just thinking about his struggles and things he's yeah. gone through. Again, we don't know the full context yet, but good lord, man, that dude is just yeah. had struggles, and he is, dude. When he's on, he is a scary dude. Yeah, and so I guess if if you had to rate the ones, I was able to think more about it would be. Connor, and then obviously the Strickland, and then yeah. probably the the Hamzat one. Um, the Strickland one, I mean, yeah, I, I agree that, you know, of course, when you go out there and you say a bunch of shit, you kind of welcome that back. That's just karma. Yeah. Um, but I haven't – it hasn't changed what I already felt about Sean, like uh -huh. any of this sort of thing. We already kind of knew what we were getting from, from him. Um, the fact that, you know, others were jumping in or maybe more people are jumping, I think – you know, for a while, that I was really surprised how many people jumped against Gary so quickly because he was there was such a hype train and so many people. I feel like maybe it's just the pendulum's just swinging back a little bit, and some of the people that were waiting to kind of voice their their stuff now came back out or True. something. Um, it doesn't change anything about how you know I feel about Sean because Sean's always been sort of the same thing. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, like. I think when it when he lashed out and when he said something in the past, obviously, yeah, he it comes from a point of, like you said, pain. Things in this history, you know, that's why Sean is the way he is. Um, but um, it doesn't. I mean, it's nothing new, at least yeah. for us. I think. That's, I, mean? I like, think maybe it's just because we spent so much time around him. Like, I I don't know. I feel like people are like, oh, so you're not as tough as you said you were, or something like that. You right. know what I mean? Like. Yeah, we always kind of knew he came from a broken place. And, like, yeah. you don't get out of that shit unscathed. You know what yeah. I mean? And this is why – I will say this. I feel like I've seen a lot more people lately saying, hey, man, some of this trash talk, like, can we leave family out of it and stuff like that? It's, I, yeah. I hope it's starting to swing that way, though. You know I've always stood in the same place. Race, religion, family, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And I know some people are like, ah, it's trash talk. People say mean Unless things. Unless you're just saying, uh, like, your mom's too fat. Like, that's been around since we were Oh, kids. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> no, don't talk but about the But don't talk about the wives. Don't talk about the wives. Yeah. Don't talk about the kids. So, I don't but know. If but if his mom is fat, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if she's so fat. She's so no fat. She wears a hula hoop as a belt. <laughs> See, that's okay. I mean, you can say no. Yeah, like, that's but, ridiculous. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I do feel like I, I feel like maybe it's just my imagination that there is some people pushing back. They're like, hey guys, maybe there should be a limit in where we set. But I feel like that that's been there's always been that voice of reason. We'll call right. that the voice of reason. Like, hey guys, at some point, you know, do you want to say? But we've also said too, like. Do you ever want to say something that you're that you're not comfortable one saying in front of a person and and having it come back on you? Right. You know, like if you're going to go out and talk about a guy and his wife, and then people want to shit on you, you kind of almost you know that's going to come. It's going to happen that sure. way. And in the same sense, you know, like Sean, we've always said that Sean's kind of had those moments where he lets he lets glimpses into his past, but he tries to put it in a self. Um, self-deprecating sort of way, you know, when he wants to bring up, you know, things that he dealt with as a kid, you know, whether it be abuse and the other sort of things, always did it sort of in a self-deprecating light, which anybody that, you know, has seen some of that other stuff, it clearly in my eyes, 
that's a it's a it's a scream for help. You know, yep. it's a scream for like I have issues, but this is how I'm trying to talk about it a, and try to work through it. It's a defense it, you know? mechanism, man. It's a defense we, mechanism. We said it all along. You know, so I mean, but it's it's hard to have people not say something back because he kind of started. He 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 put some of those initial salvos. You're not out allowed there. to just get off scot free. You can't get. I mean, yeah. you kind of open up the door. You know, like. You could fire the first volley, but you got to know there's going to be a volley comes back at some point. You know, like nobody ever really gets, you know, away scot-free, you know, sort yep. of deal. But um, do I think it's going to change the way Sean is or do I think he's going to actually sit back at the end of the night and say, oh, people really don't like me. It's nope. not going to affect me. He has, his, <laughs> nope. he has his friends. He has his things. He has what's going on. Um, it's not going to be that big of a deal. But, I mean, um, that being said – it doesn't mean that there can't be moments that come up when he's reading things where he can't, you know, um, feel bad about the past and have that other sort of stuff. But on the flip side, you know, you go out there and you start chastising this guy about his family relationship and the way things are with his wife and possibly an ex-husband. That person's going to be feeling some shit as well, you know. Yeah. So you kind of, you know, you it's it's just karma coming back, you know. Um, but I was, I, if anything, I was glad that Gary, uh, if it helped him deal with the situation because he was so just crazy quiet about the whole thing. I knew he was dealing with the illness, what it was with the, the chest pneumonia and the other sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So he was just very, very silent. And I felt not that I felt bad. I was just, I was wondering why I hadn't seen anything really sort of come back from Well, you know side. what sucks what he was dealing with? Because, right, I mean, look, we've we just been talking about how illness is going around everywhere, yeah. right? And he's sick. But, of course, you got the people that are out there that are like, nah, he's not sick. He's just ducking. He's just ducking. He doesn't yeah, want yeah, that yeah. fight, you know, the, the like, yeah. and and you're like, come on, man. And it's hard. And, and look, man, you want to tune it out. You want to be like, I don't see that. I don't care. The 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 public opinion out there doesn't matter. But it does. It yeah. gets to you, man. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you still see those hateful messages. You still pe- see people talking shit. Everybody wants to be liked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody wants to be liked. Right. And so it, it can't help but get to you a little bit. So to your point, it probably was a little bit of vindication for Gary, right? To yeah. be like, yeah, bro. See, now, you know, it, yeah. it, it, what goes around comes around. But I did like how he, he sort of. Not that he ended like with like, hey, we're we're cool now or whatever. But he was like, I like that. He was like, well, hey, hey, just have a good new year or whatever or something like that. If anything else is like, okay, you felt something too, you know, like, you know, that's why we don't do these sort of things. Not yep. not that he phrased that, but you know, like, have happy new year or whatever. Like, so maybe it's the kind of thing that you know, I it's either Sean just leaves it and does whatever, or Sean either doubles back down and goes back at it again. I hope it just kind of just kind of whatever because it wasn't. Like it was a great conversation, anyways. You know, yeah. like w- regardless of whatever his situation is with his family, it's not anything to do with us, and it's not like we need another fighter that we respect as a fighter and like as a person. You know, with all of his faults and whatnot, you know, um, you just don't like to see him keep going back down that route. You know, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But that being said, when you ask me of the three things, obviously the Conor McGregor. I mean, like I. It's funny because USA Today reached out to me yesterday and they were like, hey, we want to do a video with Mackenzie Salmon. Uh, Salmon, Salmon. I just say Salmon because it's S-A-L-M-O-M, so I assume it's Salmon. Yeah, Salmon. Um, they wanted to do a video talking about the Connor fight, you know, and, and they wanted to have one of our staffers get on there and talk about fight prediction, other kind of stuff. So I suggested Farah. And I said, I think she'd be great, you know, and I think it'd be awesome to have two women going out there and just killing it. And I knew Farah would kill it. Um but also when they're kind of showing me a little bit trying to make some social changes happen, bro, you know, (laughs) know? uh, I'm an ally, bro. Uh, so 
when they sort of saw the initial script and they were talking about, you know, just give fight prediction, you know, talk about it. They talked about it in very certainties. And one of the things I was, I just wrote back, I was like, and I haven't seen the actual thing, how it went because Mackenzie ended up getting sick so far, did the whole thing on her own. Oh, so wow. it would be interesting to see what she did with it. But my thing, my two cents to them, when I wrote back, I was like, Hey, my two cents, but let's possibly save ourselves, you know, we've heard nothing from the UFC saying this is actually going to happen, you know? So if you want to talk about it and you want to do this, I think that's great, but you know, maybe set it up with the possibility. We're not even quite sure if this is actually going to happen. Um, this could be Connor just out there having a little fun. Mm -hmm. He could have been wine buzz. And he's like, Hey, want, want to see me stir up some <laughs> shit? <laughs> like, you know, especially when you see that, like, bro, he did the Dr. Evil laugh at the end. Like, <laughs> so you know, true. like, uh, okay, I'm not sure if I can take this for face value, but it was awesome to see. I thought it was a, a hilarious video, but as much as, you know, it's the kind of thing, uh, you know, when you talk about, look at you yeah. being a responsible journalist. Here's us even talking about, and though it's like, when we talked about before, like Connor's never going to make 155, and you got all everybody coming out of the woodwork saying the only thing that makes sense and that's legit for the division and maybe sets up a possible title, so he's got to be at 155. Right. Connor's never going to make 155. Again. Never. He's never going to get there. Nope. 170 is probably an issue. 170 should have been what Chandler was pushing for to try to cut in between the two. Chandler is as much as however he can get, and he's yoked out and he's whatever. He's not a 185er. Right. Connor's coming in, and he's probably walking around over 200 pounds, and he's huge. Like this fight, he's he he's done it again of finding a way. If this gets made at 185, he's found another way to make a fight be perfectly catered to him. He's had a guy that's been sitting on the sidelines waiting for him, and he's going to have him fight up 30 pounds heavier yeah, yeah. than what he should be fighting at. Yeah. You know? Like, it's ridiculous. And, oh, by the way, didn't let you know. Like, I've been bulking up this whole time. The whole time you were like, dude, it's sure it's going to be hard for him to come back down. And the whole time he's like, I'm not coming back down. As much as, you know, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess it's true that give, him, give him the kudos that when, they had, when there was that clip from the Ultimate Fighter – when they were like jawing around and they're talking about the fight, and he was and and uh, Chandler was kind of along the lines of fifty five. What, what are we talking? Blah blah blah. I'm paraphrasing, and he's like one eighty five, and he and and Chandler kind of thinks about it, whatever you know. Yeah, but yeah. I, there was that moment. There was a like, pause. Like, like oh shit! Like that's ridiculous. You know, so Boy, we so knew right. he, we knew he was going to take the fight at any at, at any Dude. weight class because he just wants it to happen. I mean, it's going to be a huge payday. He's sitting on the sidelines waiting for it right now. I think he's done a good job of managing his money and yep. he's doing what he's what he's done. Um, but it's just hard to to. I hope it happens, but um, the the likelihood that it still comes to fruition. I mean, there's still a lot of questions, you know. And Boy. but 185 makes a lot of sense to me in the sense that Connor's never going to get down to 155. And I, we 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 brought it up in our spinning back lick, and every one of our guys were like, "It's got to be at 55. It's got to be at 55." I think it's if because they're, they're trying to make sense because they think that a, a oh, way of like as soon as Connor's name is involved, you you take the you rules throw out. It out the you window. throw the rules out. You gotta out. throw it out. I mean, like. But it's, no, it's, I haven't seen the piece, so no disrespect to anybody. You know, but no, it doesn't just, have to be at 55. I mean, I it's think not going to be at 55. I think they're just trying to think of ways that, you know, like, okay, well, why does it make sense to take a contender for the lightweight out of the, con you know, this lineup to put them towards some if there isn't a possibility of throwing it into a title match after it? Like, because you could give Connor a, a, a title at any weight class. right? You know what I mean? And that's and, and I can see Connor saying I mean, it beats him at 185 and he's like I beat your 155 challenger <laughs> give me the give me give me the title 100%. shot next you know I mean look, dude, how hard would it be to be like well hold on 
Didn't Leon Edwards get a title shot by beating Nate Diaz, who's what? A lightweight? Yeah. How about me? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I can see him doing that. He's like, okay, you don't have to justify it. When Connor's involved, like, it, you don't need the rules. But I'll tell you what, you have kind of changed my opinion because I watched that video like you and I laughed. I thought it was good. But I honestly thought, nah, I was like, he's just bluffing. He's having fun. Like, they'll yeah. do it at 70. Like, they'll do it at 70. But the more, the more you say it, <clears throat> the more I think that maybe. No, maybe he's serious that he does want to do it 85. I think he's and, serious. And it was gamesmanship the whole time because, like, Chandler, I mean, not that Chandler can't put on weight. I mean, the guy's not afraid to lift a weight or two. Yeah. Um, But you see the way he works out and the way he conducts himself. Like, I, I think it would be a chore for him to get to 85. I th- he, I don't know if his frame could support it. Well, And the fact of, like, if, it's, if he's even trying to get it to where there's a healthy separation between the two that the commission even lets it happen – he would have to put on fat as well. Like, yeah. there's no way he's going to yeah. get that much muscle. I mean, he could bulk, but – and especially if it comes down to it, he would have to be bulking. He needs to be start his bulking what I'm saying. right now. Right now. You know, so he could do it where it's more muscle instead of just trying to make it to a crash weight. Wow. I mean, granted, he could try to water load the shit out of himself, I guess. You know, but then he's going to go in on fight night so dramatically less knowing that Connor's going to put anywhere between 12 to 15 pounds back on that night probably. Connor's going to be fighting. If it's at 185, Connor's going to be fighting probably at 200 or more pounds yeah. on fight night. Yeah. That's ridiculous for Chandler to fight. I mean, he's Especially already, he's already shorter. Heavy he's hitter. You're facing a heavy hitter who's not looking to outwork you for five rounds, but is rather right. looking to land the one big shot. Right. What do we know about Michael Chandler? He tends to get hit early. Yep. You know what I mean? If he can survive that, you know, he's he's got – he'll push past it, but – and if he's going to try Man. to go through that barrage to get his hands on Connor, hoping he's going to try to get him down, he's going to eat a lot of powerful, powerful shots. And it, we've seen Con- it doesn't take too no. many. It doesn't take too many. Connor's got that natural power. He's got good technique, it's timing. Ridiculous. Every, so. I mean, I want I want the fight to happen for him, uh, for Chandler uh, to to make money. I still don't know if it's actually going to happen, but I have no doubts that 185 is 100% what UFC's or what he's pushing for. I think the UFC they just got to justify it. Like, why are we going to pay all this much money for a fight that means absolutely nothing? There's no belt on the line. There's no whatever. But we've also said, too, you know, like, fights like this, when you have, like, a big guy like Conor or whatever, doesn't need to be a title to headline a, ma- a pay-per-view. Connor Nate, the Connor, right Connor, event. Connor Nate 3. Connor Nate 3 right? would do I mean, it. Dude, we know that's going to be a headline. We know that's going to be huge money. That'd be bigger than this one. Be bigger than this one? It a would. lot bigger. Absolutely would. You know? Absolutely it would be, so... All right, well, we'll see how it's that all crazy. plays out. We got lots of announcements coming over the next couple of weeks, you can imagine. Uh, I thought for sure that Connor was going to be at UFC 300. Now, obviously, it's not looking that way. It looks like it's going to be uh, at, at the summertime. You know, well, hat, tip, hat to the UFC. If they're trying to keep it and stick to six months, you know. That's what I was going to ask you. I wonder if, if they're even – now, again, we don't know the full scenario of how this all played out. And there's a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts. Yeah. You know, well, we've got certain champions available that we think would do better. We you know, we think 300 is a big enough thing that we don't need Connor for it to be big. You know what I mean? Whereas, right. So there's a whole lot of things that yeah. could be. But I do wonder. That did occur to me, and I know where you're going with that, with the, with the whole drugs program switchover. You know, now, look, he was under USADA for the last couple months. So, you know – is it better to push to June so now that you have a full six months under this new program so nobody can say that, well, he didn't even do the full six months on this new program. So I don't know. that Probably that didn't even factor in there. I think thinking, they want to make sure he's good to go. That could very well be as well. You know, like you start putting the, the, the marketing budget right behind it and all the other kind of stuff and then say he, say he 
pops yeah. in that time, then you fuck your card. Yeah. At least if you get to, to, to June, you get another chance Give for another, to, more another time. more time to make sure and to help build that. But, I mean, like, International Fight Week, I'm trying to think even who was the big one for last week. I feel like last year's – and I'm sorry if I'm going to make somebody feel bad. I feel like I don't remember it being, like, oh, a stellar, like, fight week. Like, we haven't had a crazy, like, main event. Like, they could use a Connor on it. Now watch it be a huge card. I see you pulling it up. I'm going to try to pull it up because I feel terrible because, like, look, it runs together, and there's somebody right now that's just going, you idiot. Ah, no, you're right. It was, I mean, well, I won't say you're right. It's Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez and Pantoja versus Moreno. So t- t- two good two, fights. Yeah. But you're right. Now, I mean, Volkanovsky, superstar. Maybe because maybe it didn't feel like it was, like, like the biggest like fight of no, fight I, weeks. I don't think because Volkanovski obviously Volkanovski is a global superstar right now. Yeah. But I don't think a lot of people are giving Yair Rodriguez a lot of chances yeah. to beat him. It was him. a joint, a rejoining. It was the unification, of right? The, of the and belts. I don't think a lot of people are giving a chance. And then it's Pantoja and Moreno, yeah. which turned out to be a phenomenal fight. That was a good fight. But again, the flyweights and Pantoja yeah. doesn't resonate the way Moreno does. So, so those are good fights. Those are good it was fights. good, but you're right. It fights. wasn't like oh my god, you remember that? It wasn't like, like was yeah, a, you know, man. Trickus and Whitaker was on there, which is good. That was a good one. That was a good one. I mean, it's certainly – I mean, I think the fight uh, – International Fight Week used to be that one that it just wanted to hang its hat on, like this was the right. biggest event of the year. Yeah. And uh, I think they could definitely, you know, if Connor on it, certainly helps to do that sort of thing. And it's definitely something that brings people to, you know, to town. But um, I just think that they're still iffy. I mean, yeah. like the guy's been out for so long and all this other stuff. I just wonder if they don't think that Connor might flake on him. You know, that's a lot. A more that's a lot to build uh, a huge card around a guy that you're not 100 percent sure how committed he really is to make it happen. It's true. You know, the fact that Connor was like, "Oh, I wanted to fight back in April. I wanted to fight back in December." Like, bro, already just assumed like exemptions already written, dog. Like, I'm ready to fight. How dare you, UFC, make me wait? Yeah. Not give me what I wanted. It's like, dude. That's what's that's what's a little bit frustrating about this about the story. The, the underwritten story behind it is that a lot of people think that, like, the UFC made this change in USADA so they could make an exception for yeah. Connor when it's really quite the opposite. They, they like, they were always going to make Connor yeah. do six months. Which is, if anything, I mean, I, not, uh, makes you respect the decision much more so. Like, I think I'm pretty sure we were even, I was even one of the ones that was like, dude, they're, of course they're going to get an exemption. They're going to bend over backwards. So the fact that they're like, no, we're going to stick their guns. I'm like, dude, here, let me take my hat yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, that's awesome. They deserve that recognition. I think it's say, absolutely Say what incredible. you mean about the new program, and we still got to see it, right? I mean, we really haven't yeah. seen anything of it I mean, yet. There's still, there's still questions there. I mean, like, you know, this independent guy that's paid by the organization, you know? I mean, it's just one thing when, when your biggest thing that you want to kind of say, every time you want to introduce a guy, you want to come out and just say, trust his principles, his principles, his principles. I'm like, bro, I, okay, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you keep feeling like you have to throw that down my throat? And it's like, oh, okay, because this is the guy that at the end of the day has to answer to a boss, yeah. has to answer to a corporation. You know, Are you going to be the guy that wants to shut down a major fight? You know, like This is me speculating, but it's like, bro, he would never do that. And then what happens? He would never do that. And then what happens know? when when that guy retires or that guy goes somewhere else or you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we found this other guy who also has yeah. a cre- trust his credentials. He was also in the room with Saddam, <laughs> with Saddam Hussein. Hussein. <laughs> he was the, this guy was a guy that was holding the camera <laughs> during the in Saddam fact, Hussein. When the SEAL team took down Osama bin Laden. This guy was in the back of the copter making sure everything was good he to go. He was the one that radioed back home, sir, we got him. We like, got him. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, there's a lot of questions. I mean, uh, you know, you know, 
in fact, it was, I was glad it was funny could bring that because I was reading, I was trying to read through some of the stuff and I had read something sort of wrong, or at least I was just reading it with a person that was in the program as opposed to a new participant in the program, you know, where it said like, hey, if you really, if you give the information of use to the administrator before the, before you're actually pinged in the program, the administrator has the leeway to say that it's okay because you made them aware. And so I was reading that initially as, oh, hey, I haven't been caught yet, but let me just make sure I tell this administrator, hey, by the way, I've been taking this stuff. And then when I get popped, like, the, I told you, the, I told you, bro. Nah. And then uh, Damon Martin chimed in, was like, no, bro, that's for like the new guys. I was like, okay, well, that makes a lot more sense yeah, because yeah. I was like, that's a giant loophole in my in my opinion of what they could do to work the system around and just say, well, clearly. I knew I was taking steroids. I let the administrator know you guys hadn't caught me yet. Now you caught me, so just hey, yeah, good. No, I got a free pass. That's for new people coming in, and they might yeah. say, "Hey, look, you still have to come off of it for a certain amount of time, but yeah. we're not going to suspend you for two years. We're right. going to suspend you for six months because you weren't previously, you know, especially if it's something that wasn't illegal under certain other programs." Yeah. But yeah, look, there's still a lot. I mean, it's, it's a story that's going to be worth following this year for yep. sure. Uh, all right, listen, one other guy who still has a lot of question marks surrounding uh, his next move. Although, if I'm being honest with you, I don't think there should be. And I'm just, I guess I'm laying out my biases right there first, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. It's Bilal Muhammad, who was still waiting to get his title shot lined up. Uh, it has not been yet, but I had a chance to speak with him literally just before I jumped in the car and headed over here. And here's what Bully B had to say. It is Bully B, Bilal Muhammad, the number two ranked UFC welterweight contender. And we assume the guy that's getting a title shot very soon, Bilal Muhammad. Give us the, uh, the up to the minute up right now what is the progress on getting this thing booked and getting this fight planned yeah i mean i don't think there needs to be an assumption i think i'm next i think we're just waiting for uh leon and his team to stop looking for uh i think they're looking talking about chuck liddell deserves it ahead of me or tito ortiz like him and his coaches are trying to figure out a way to avoid me but you know uncle dana knows who's next uncle dana is going to make him do it and uh just hope for a contract soon I love it. Yeah, I was going to ask you, right? UFC 296 is a couple weeks ago, right? You weigh in as the backup, of course. Leon Edwards wins the fight. We know how that fight played out. Now, afterwards, press conference, like always, I asked Dana, you know, hey, Bilal's next, right? And he was kind of like, well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. And then I asked Leon, and he, I'm like, well, Bilal's next, right? And he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe. I I'm sure you saw that. So what did you think? I mean, I guess on the one hand, I understand it's business, and maybe you're leaving options open or what have you, but just being honest, and I'm not trying to be biased here, I don't see an argument that anybody else is next in line right now other than you. Yeah, there's definitely nobody that should be ahead of me. I think for Dana, it was more so he was probably annoyed by how terrible that main event was. It was trash. Like, you know, they they hyped it up. They act like there was something going to happen after the press conference. And uh, for both guys, it was an awful fight. Not, neither one did much. And uh, I'm pretty sure Dana was just like, Dang, Trump came, everybody came, and they were excited, and we just had a dud. Uh, for Leon, he's definitely afraid. Like, Leon doesn't want to fight me. He's been avoiding me for three years now since that fight. Now you got his coaches coming out talking about Gilbert Burns deserves him more. And it's hilarious because these guys, I literally think their team's full of airheads. And uh, now I'm starting to realize that, that they are afraid. They don't want this fight. They don't want this matchup. When they're calling for guys that I just beat, it just shows you that you're not even like a real coach anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's like when you're, when you're, when you're the best in the world, you want to fight the next best guy in the world. You want to prove yourself to these guys. But when you have your own team and your own coaches, 
obviously not believing in you and asking for somebody else that you just beat. They don't trust in you. They don't believe in your skills. And they know that when we do fight, I'm going to beat them. Does it start to get personal for you at all? I mean, I know like this has been a long journey, right? And you've had to take over a lot of hurdles and there's been stops and starts along the way and you just keep getting wins. You just keep putting your name out there. It, it feels like to me, like you've done everything you can to get it. Does it start to get personal that, or, or do you feel like maybe there's some kind of like head game going on or something? No, it's definitely personal. Like I, like now I'm starting to truly dislike them because you're going to sit there and you're going to try to uh, bring down my resume. You're going to say this guy doesn't deserve it. He's not going to skip the line anymore. I'm on a 10 fight winning streak. You're not going to tell people and push the narrative that I don't deserve it. Cause I earned this. I bled sweat freaking grinding my way to where I am and I've beaten the best guys in the world. Every single guy they put in front of me, I've been an underdog and I've dominated every single one of them. And I've had to take a longer, harder route than you. You're, you made it to where you are by fighting lightweights and Nate Diaz and all these guys that weren't at the top. I'm fighting guys that were on winning streak, guys that fought for the title uh, twice, guys that were the best in the world, guys that they would beat me that would have for sure got a title shot right away. Uh, so you're not downplaying what I've done. And when I do see him, it's pissing me off. And especially since they are the type that, you know, they were crying for their way to get up there. Leon took two years off from fighting to get there. But like I said, it only tells me what I already knew, that these guys are afraid of the fight. They're afraid of the matchup. I'm sure his coach is not going to figure out a way to, to beat me. His coach is more of a motivational speaker anyway. He's going to keep trying to figure out new ways to, hey, don't let him bully your son. He's going to have to think of new motivational speeches for him because there's not going to be anything stylistic skill-wise that he's going to beat me with. Well, I like it. We're starting to get a little spice in this matchup as well. I mean, it just makes sense. As you said, you've earned your way there. There is the history between you two as well, which feels like unfinished business. So it just seems like all the storylines and everything are already built in for this fight. I, You know, I, I just don't see another direction you'd go. So I, I know that he was mentioning that UFC 300 might be a possibility. Um, is, is April doable for you? I know, you know, Ramadan is coming up and, and, and all that. I mean, I know you've trained through it before. Can you train through it for a title fight? Is April doable for you? It's definitely doable. Like I said, for me, it's, I know I'm the best in the world and I know that nothing was ever given to me easy. So you're going to, it's, it's a part of my story to have to do this through Ramadan. And like I said, if it'll get these guys to take the fight, yeah, I'll, I'll fast as I'm fighting you. Like, I, like, what, what else do you want? What else do you need? Like, bro, I'll starve myself. Don't worry. You'll, I'll give you a heads up uh, so you have a, a little bit of an advantage. But regardless, anything that happens, I could go in there, starve for a freaking a year, and I'm still going to dominate him. There's nothing that he's going to do that day that's going to beat me. And I think that they see it, the world sees it, and there is nothing else. There, there, there doesn't need to be a fake selling point of me having to talk trash or say stupid stuff. It's like, I'm on a 10-fight winning streak. You're on a 12-fight winning streak. We're the two highest winning streaks in the division. We have unfinished business. We have this. We have that. I'm number two in the world. I just beat I beat more ranked fighters than you be ranked fighters. So th these are all selling points, easy selling points. Uh, and I think that it sells itself. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we all we all like grudge matches. We all like, you know, some battles back and forth. But sometimes you just have the two best guys in the division that just need to be fighting right now because they both earned their way to the spot. And, and I just hope the sport never goes away from that, right? Like, I get it. We're trying to sell pay-per-views. We're trying to have fun. We're trying to do all these things that people latch on to. But sometimes you just got to reward people for putting together 10-fight winning streaks. Exactly. Or you could have the them say the dumbest stuff on the mic and then go out there and, 
barely throw a punch and both guys throw less than 100 strikes in a five-round fight with Leon and Kobe. Like, Kobe wants to wear a costume, look like a clown, and Leon wants to, like, say, I'm going to kill this guy and then low-kick him the rest of the fight or uh, shoot on him or just dumb stuff. Um, but I'm going to be in his face. I'm going to be bullying him the whole, the whole five rounds, and I'm going to break him inside that cage. There's not going to be a dud at all uh, if I do get my shot. When I, I love it. I was going to say, I, I don't even see why I should be in the F. Well, uh, I guess last thing I got for you, below, what, what do you do right now, right? I mean, you know that this, you know, should be on the horizon. No promises yet. No contracts yet, I guess. So what do you do? Are you are you resting? Are you training? Are you trying to be careful? You don't, you know, overtrain ahead of time. Like, how do you go about this? Is there a schedule that you got to know? Like, hey, I need a day because I need X amount of weeks to train for this. I mean, I'm staying in the gym no matter what. Uh, my boy, Charlie Radke's fighting in February. So Buffalo Chuck, we got him. So that's keeping me motivated is watching his tape, watching his opponent. I don't want to, like you said, I don't want to burn myself out by just focusing straight on Leon and uh, just thinking about him the whole time. So it's like, I'm helping him. We got the, my next goal right now is to help him win this fight, get this fight going. I'm going to be in this corner. So that gets my mind off of everything else. And I'm just staying in shape no matter what. I love it. Well, listen, well, appreciate the time as always. I'll let you get back to it and uh, we'll just stay tuned. Hopefully you get this news sooner rather than later. I <laughs> appreciate you, brother. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, Bilal Muhammad uh, clearly believes that he should be next in line for Leon Edwards, but clearly starting to get a little bit annoyed at how long it's taking to get it done, uh, like I said, I mean, I kind of laid my cards on the table before we played the, the interview, and obviously I, I continued with it there, but I, I, I don't know. Am I missing something here, Cold Coffee? Am I missing a reason why there's another fight to make? Well, especially if we know Conor McGregor is going to 85. Now, yeah. if Conor McGregor was sitting at 70, maybe we got something. <laughs> but if we know Conor McGregor is going to 85, like, is there anything on the table that I'm missing as to why there should be another fight first? It's got, It's got to be. I mean, like – it would be silly for them to – I mean, the other contender, you got, like, Shavkat there. You got, like – But he's you know, hurt. We know he's hurt. True. And, and, that, and, and I don't even think he should have the argument, but I, but I get why right. he might. A lot of people still keep bringing his name up. And I heard somebody the other day was like, well, what about Sean Brady? I'm like, bro, like, it's not even close. Yeah. It's not even close. Like, don't make Bilal have to fight a guy that's trying to get there, you know, that's made some yeah. waves. Um, it's it's hard to justify anybody else. It, it has to be. If it, if it isn't, it's just it's just shenanigans. It really is shenanigans. I don't get it. I, I just, like I said, and normally I don't really – I mean, look, he beat Gilbert Burns. He beat yep. Sean Brady. He, he beat Gilbert Luque. Burns he be impressively. Yes. Like, that was ridiculous, I dude. just – how can you – and Burns and Brady are two of the names that come up. I get it. Shavkat, I do I do get Shavkat. I yep. do get it. The undefeated record, all the – you know, everyone a finish. Um, you know, got a little buzz around him. Uh, you know, so I, I get it. I, I, I don't agree with it. But I get it. But he's hurt. We know yeah. he has to be out for a while. I forgot he had that ankle injury. Yeah. So, if, so I mean, that to me, that takes him out of the equation. And, and so, I, I just don't see. So, hopefully, we get some news. He's uh, still dangerous with that ankle injury. I know, right? Yeah, right? He's like, ah, he's like, no, I'm hurt, but I'll fight. He's like, oh, just for a title? Yeah, I'll fight. I'm good. Like, I don't need to take down. I'll get it fixed early afterwards. No big deal. Uh, all right, listen. Uh, I know you got to get to a, a big 
from frosty beverages to workout. I see a hot tea has made his way into the to the gym. He's the, the dojo, the, the dojo, the dojo, dojo. He's sitting there waiting. He's getting his hands wrapped. He's like, "What's going on here? I know your membership Say is hi, here." Hello, everyone. You thought I was joking. He's really here. He's yeah. ready to work out. You guys put in some work in the gym over there, so I can We're respect serious. it. We're serious. You here. go straight That's for the That's why I kept the house beverages. cold so that, you know, you go in the gym, you work out, you come back here, it's like a nice bath. Oh, that's it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, he was complaining it was too cold when he first got in. He's like, what the hell's going I on ju- here? I, I just saw in, in Dana White's uh, Instagram stories, he's like in Bali or whatever and was getting a cold plunge installed at his hotel so that he could have a cold plunge. It's kind of the same thing, except you just t- don't turn your AC on. Yeah. Dana says he's the cold plunge addict. I think he's way behind you on that. You've been cold for decades. <laughs> yep. So true, man. He's Catch like, up, bro, I've been cold up, plunging at 60 degrees <laughs> in, the, in the AC <laughs> all these times. So, All right, listen, last weekend uh, without a USC event before we start getting it hot and heavy in the 2024 schedule. Of course, that's when we'll resume the and a half episodes. I will say if you're looking for some combat sports to watch this weekend, uh, we are resuming CFFC match day on Sunday. It is Columbia University versus West Virginia. It is at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino Atlantic City. So it's the same place that we uh, that we always do the CFFC MMA events. And it is the old Trump Taj Mahal. So it's the place that had the history of the old uh, original old SEG events. And, yes, the, the boxing events as well. So uh, CFSC match day this weekend on Sunday if you want to check out some Division One college wrestling. Uh, it's fun. I'm just telling you, if, if you haven't checked it out, Check it out. It is it has made me a fan being a part of it. Like I said, I'm not on camera for this. I work in the production truck, but I'm enjoying it. And uh, it's actually made me a much bigger fan of college wrestling. So uh, look forward to checking it out. You just like the, the, uh, the singlets? The singlets are strong. I called it the right thing, right? You did not, call it the right not thing. onesies. Missouri, like Missouri uh, a couple weeks ago, they all had like uh, jerseys on. And then like they had like their name on the back of the jersey. It was cool. So like I think some programs are trying – because, I mean, you get it. Like there's a lot of people that just don't want to wear a singlet because they, yeah. they don't like the way it looks. There's some programs that are starting to kind of like modernize. It's almost like basically like wearing a rash guard basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think some of the programs – I think some programs like the tradition and I think some like to kind of modernize it so maybe it looks a little bit different. You know what yeah. I mean? But dude, the athletes I'm sure it's there functional are amazing. as well. You know, less less material to actually grab when I mean when, it, yeah. when you're in a sport where that little bit of friction makes a big difference. If somebody 100%. has something to grab onto, you know, um, it's just yeah, it's not the it's, it's not the most updated look. ergonomically yeah. <laughs> uh, impressive. No, I, I, I maybe I, for some some it might be very very impressive. It's uh it's, it's I would not look good in a single. <laughs> The, the, yeah, the poor big guys in the heavyweight division, right? Yeah. You're like, come on, can we get them something else? Just, just belly and ass just <laughs> coming out of every every angle. It would not be good. Well, it's worth checking out, even with that in mind. It's it's fun <laughs> to check it out. So give it a shot, CFSC match. We've already actually uh, committed, I believe. I don't know if the contract's done, but I know there's a verbal commitment in place for season two, and I think it's going to be even bigger next year. So it was, it's was it been a fun inaugural. Cool. So I have two, two more events left, uh, this and uh, one more in February. But – uh, next season will be even bigger. So anyway, that's what we got to, and then we'll get back to MMA. And I'll be in Belgium next week, so we'll have to figure all that out. But you know, we will. We never miss. Yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out the Josh Josh's uh, bush lights. Can we get some bush light over in Belgium? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe. <laughs> but, but you know, I'm sure. Sh- well, I was gonna go the way. I was like, I was gonna say, I'm sure you can find some bush over there. But <laughs> light, dark, anything. Light. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can tell this thing's got off the rails. Appreciate all the time. Hope everybody enjoys the holidays, and uh, thanks for listening.